like most of Atlanta, but also in particular Sandy Springs, one of the hottest topics one could talk about in Sandy Springs <laughs> sure. would be around traffic, right? Hi guys, Matt LaMarche here with Keller Williams First Atlanta. Hope you guys are doing well. If you have a business or a nonprofit that you'd like to see featured here, please feel free to give me a call at 678-687-4397 or shoot me an email to matt at mattlamarche.com. Thanks so much. Hi, my name is Brett Jacobson. I'm the head of school at Mount Vernon Presbyterian School. This is my 10th year at Mount Vernon and uh, we have just lived through a very transformative period over the last uh, decade. We probably, in terms of size of school in, this, in the greater metro Atlanta area and certainly here in Sandy Springs, we've probably moved 15 points in terms of size of school. So probably around 30th in size 10 years ago. Uh, we're about 15th and over the next several years, we'll probably move into the top 10 and then kind of settle out there because uh, while uh, we certainly want to continue to grow and there's certainly demand for the school, uh, we have uh, some reasonable growth periods that uh, where we sort of want to settle into and so it really shows that uh, this part of the city is growing and there's a demand for certain types of uh, schools and certainly we are in a great location in order to provide that need and service uh, to families here in Sandy Springs and well beyond that. Cool, very good. So tell us a little more about you and your background in education and kind of how you yeah. uh, came here. So I grew up in Texas. I grew up in the western part of Texas, a small town of about a thousand people. Hmm. And so interestingly enough, uh, I think that's what attracts me. Uh, that's why I'm attracted to uh, independent schools like this because they're like small towns. Mm -hmm. And so yes, it's there's greater access to their opportunities outside of this community. Uh, it feels like where I sort of grew up. But, uh, but I spent about 14 or 15 years in Houston before I came to Atlanta and uh, Sandy Springs in particular. Um, part of my educational background is my undergraduate degrees from Texas Tech University, my master's from the University of Houston, and my doctor's from Baylor. So went to three different schools as a part of my uh, experience. But I started out as a, as, a, as a teacher. I still really consider myself uh, by trade uh, a teacher. I taught AP American History and uh, love that. But uh, throughout that period of time of being in Houston, uh, I was asked to be dean of students and a division leader and a development officer. And eventually I ended my time there um, as head of school. Hmm. And so I did that for about uh, four years before getting this crazy call from uh, right here in Sandy Springs. And uh, I was so compelled by uh, the people that I met that uh, my wife and I moved our family because we're both from Texas, mm -hmm. native Texans, and, uh, and we decided to move all across the, from across the country to settle right here, even as residents nice. uh, here in Sandy Springs. Very good. So what do you like about, as a resident, um, what do you like about Sandy Springs? What really attracted you? Because you could live anywhere and still work here, right? Sure. But what do you like as a resident? What's, what's most appealing to you? Yeah, I think what's interesting about just this area of the country, first of all, if I could zoom out for a second, yeah. which is you know the the, the geography, the climate. Um, you get seasonal weather; it, <laughs> it feels more year round. Where in Houston, you know that's a great city too. Uh, it's humid, you know, fifty weeks uh, of the year, so uh, you get a little bit of, of of change throughout the year, and that's that's uh, really nice. I think too that uh, we moved here in 
2009. So this is in the midst of the greatest recession of our lifetime, uh, hopefully in our lifetime. And uh, um, it was a situation where it was a, just a, a great time to buy a house and really take our time and, and, and look at where we would want our family to grow up and, and, and that sort of thing. So I think obviously proximity to the school just uh, just baseline around you know lifestyle was, mm -hmm. was certainly a key uh, factor to that. But I think that what, what we have found is that, uh, as I've been told, I live in the, the panhandle of Sandy Springs. <laughs> I didn't know. Texas always had a panhandle. I didn't realize the city of Sandy Springs did. But uh, with that, uh, you really have Sandy Springs is fairly diverse in terms of uh, different uh, that, that, that makes up the city uh, mm -hmm. in particular. So it just doesn't uh, all fit around this nice little geographic area. It has multiple extensions to it and with those extensions are different types of opportunities from you know uh, parks to uh, the arts uh, to retail and, and restaurants. You know, I think about uh, even from you know our school that that partners a lot with the corporate community. You know, to have so many Fortune one thousand companies just right near us, and yet, you know, we feel like we live in this quiet little neighborhood mm -hmm. uh, in the same in the same city. Yeah. So the diversity of that, I think, is very attractive yeah. to us as a family. So talk a little bit a more uh, a little more about your um, some of your partnerships and and the organizations, not just private, but yeah. that you guys work with um, to to benefit the students here and sure. that hopefully also benefit the corporations. Yeah, I think I think it's important to state our mission first because sure. it's sort of who we are. It's our true north. It's what we would call our non negotiable imperative, and really drives everything we do. So. Our, our mission statement is simply this sentence, we are a school of inquiry, innovation, and, and impact. So to have innovation inside your mission statement really is a form of accountability and a high standard for the type of work uh, that you do. And so we like to think that we're an independent school, we're a private school with a public purpose. So a lot of what we talk about is this phrase about designing a better world. So to be a school of inquiry, asking lots of questions, being curious, and and allowing our students to pursue those curiosities and passions, uh, to innovate, to think differently about the work, about the work of a school, about the work of our students, versus just sitting in a row and regurgitating, uh, and sort of, the, and then having a mind dump after a test exists. But really closing the gap between what real life looks like and what school life looks like, that there really shouldn't be a gap in between those. And so to have our students really engaged in Sandy Springs in particular and well beyond that, but in particular Sandy Springs is a, is a high priority because uh, life is much more, school is much more applicable that way and we can create these real world contexts. Uh, we can tap into their curiosity and passion uh, versus just sitting in a classroom where teachers are in front of the room and you're in a row uh, memorizing for a test and so these part so this really connects to this idea of designing a better world connects to our partnerships that we have uh, in the city and, and beyond so for example in the high school in the upper school our students uh, work with corporations or nonprofits or even uh, uh, or even with the city including uh, an example with uh, the city of Sandy Springs around transportation uh, and so with that, what these corporate partners or nonprofit partners or even civic partners do 
for these students is they identify a problem that they're having. Hmm. And so they complete what we call a design brief. They complete a design brief uh, and our students actually through a design th thinking method and protocol help them work through their problem. So in other words, our students work as consultants for these partners. Hmm. And these are real world projects. Yeah. Th these are not adults placating children and saying, hey, you'll feel good, we'll feel good, everybody will feel good, and then <laughs> right. they just kind of walk away. So, you know, a number of examples exist, whether it be uh, with AT&T or, or Porsche North America, uh, Chick-fil-A Innovation Hatch was a recent client in their onboarding toolkit, as well as a current client is with Delta hmm. uh, on two particular projects, one about reducing anxiety at the gate uh, for those that struggle with flying yeah. and then another around human trafficking because hmm. we know that this area is a hub for an intersection of, of, of human trafficking so our students are working on things like that uh, a couple of other projects that speak to that partnership is around the emergence of virtual reality here hmm. at the school and it's become a pretty big deal for us so Dell has designated Mount Vernon as the virtual reality lab in the country as far as Dell is concerned in the education space. Wow. So that's fairly significant. Mm -hmm. they, they have uh, pushed our way a ton of technology um, related to that. Part of what attracted them to Mount Vernon and in in their subsidiary Alienware was the fact that we're trying to curate content to make an impact. So again, this goes back to our mission of being a school of impact. So and a great example of that is the Children's Healthcare of, of Atlanta right here in in the city. And so they've been working with a the therapist and the hospital around creating virtual reality experiences to rehabilitate kids with cancer. Hmm. So virtual reality can make a major impact in the healthcare industry in particular, and our students are living through that. Also, uh, there's another great example with the Center for Civil and Human Rights. Uh, the center wanted uh, our students to create a VR exhibit on the latter part of Dr. King's life. Hmm. Uh, and so we partnered with them as a way to do that. So wow. we're hitting all aspects of, of our community, whether it be the civic environment, the nonprofit community, or even the corporate uh, community uh, as well. So we thrive on these projects because our students are learning what you would learn behind a desk in a row except they're learning it in a real-world context way. So all the math, the, all the uh, engineering, all the design, all the history, uh, geography, all those dynamics that would exist in a traditional sort of classroom, they're actually learning it in a real-world context well, way. Because this is a school that is actually trying to equip this generation of students. So as a Gen, Gen Xer, we're not building a program for my generation or the generations before me. And because technology has become such an accelerator and this world of globalization and the interdependence of that, it has really caused our school to think about doing school differently. Some of it as adults we're familiar with because it's how we went to school, mm -hmm. but in many respects, it also causes you to think differently about how to do school because if it's a truly about equipping them, this generation, because I always ask the question to our prospective families, you know, tell me what's happening in 2033. And, you know, most are puzzled by, I don't know what's going on in 2033. And even as the head of school, I don't know exactly what's going on in 2033. 
but this is the year in which our preschoolers graduate, hmm. this, this set of preschoolers. So we have to be a school that tries to think that far ahead as a way to backwards design what we're doing if we're truly intentional about equipping them, equipping this generation of students. Yeah. And most of that is around a set of skills that are particularly important. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's <laughs> a fantastic answer. But I yeah. think one of the ones that I'd like to kind of dig into a little bit deeper is the one that you mentioned specifically about the city of Sandy Springs sure. with the transportation. Because, yeah. I mean, I got goosebumps when you were, yeah. especially about Choa. I mean, that's yeah. really impactful. And, and to see that it is uh, multi-pronged, you know, I think that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. But as it relates to the city and specifically, um, I think you guys called it Remove 10, right? Yeah. Um, so tell us a little more about that and, and kind of the nuts and bolts behind that, how that came about and, um, and kind of where that stands today as well. Yeah. So many of our students, uh, in these, in these projects, they are sort of the drivers. They're the initiator, you know, of ideas. Uh, it's not dictated by a teacher in terms of the actual project. Now the the teacher is a facilitator and a mm-hmm. guide and a, and a shaper um, of some of those uh, some of those projects. Certainly, like most of Atlanta, but also in particular Sandy Springs, one of the hottest topics <laughs> one to talk about in Sandy Springs sure. would be around traffic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, while we are very ambitious and audacious as a school, and we have uh, these huge goals, I don't think the students set out in this project to say, we're going to solve the problem, the traffic problem in Saving Springs. But in many ways, we look at small deposits have a cumulative effect. So this was one project where, what if we could make a dent into this? Into this? So they probably started out big as if they were gonna solve the traffic problem here in Saving Springs. But what it boiled down to is to say, hey, let's localize this. What if we, as a school, could remove 10% you know, um, of cars off the street during a very busy time of the day during carpool mm-hmm. and uh, during those hours, which are similar in most schools across, let's just say, the city of Sandy Springs, mm-hmm. public-private schools. What if we could remove 10% of that just from Mount Vernon? What impact could that have? Right. And then also, what if we could do that with every public and private school sort of in in the city. And so that was sort of the idea behind it as a way to say, hey, let's localize this for us. Let's have a small deposit for it. And then let's try to have an impact you know, going forward. You know, like with any project in terms of its execution, you know, certainly we, we've seen more families uh, carpooling, uh, which you can make the assumption that they're also, therefore, there are a number of cars that are not, you know, on the streets, at least during those uh, particular hours. I think there needs to continue to be an ongoing effort and intentional effort related to how to continue to bring other schools uh, into that. So it's not as if they're reluctant to do it. Uh, it's around that so many priorities mm-hmm. that hit each particular school community and and where do we see what is the highest point of contribution sure. uh, from our community. But again, this is a group of students who you know, met with city officials, who looked at different um, studies, who, under, who began to plot out exactly where every family lived you know, here at the school, 
and then how could we then move forward as a way of taking an action step around it. So, you know, these are type of projects that these students will really remember the rest of their life. And while it's not completely driven by this, the, the, it allows for them to be college ready in a way that is somewhat different from their peers across the country, that they've been able to accumulate these different types of experiences hmm. that will actually position them better uh, from a college admission standpoint, uh, which is really remarkable.